0: Mark's Gospel, chapter 4, please. Verse 35. The same day when even was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship, and there were also with him other little ships. Underline it and mark it. There were with him also other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him, saying unto him, Master, curse thou not that we perish. And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? Why is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What? manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him. Let's pray, Father. Thank you. Even just reading your word, you already speak to our hearts. And Lord, help us not to ruin it by expounding it. So, Father, take your word to every heart this morning and glorify your name, your Son, for your glory. Amen. Common grace and other little ships. This is our second part. And as we were looking at this last week, if you remember, these little ships sailed uh, in, a, in what we called common grace. and we looked at common grace, they were in the same storm on the same sea, but they weren't in the same ship where Jesus was. They were in the same storm on the same sea at the same time but they weren't in the same ship. They were in other little ships apart from Christ. And as I said, I don't know what happened to them. We're not told. Did they make it? Did they turn back? Did they just follow on? But when the Lord gets to uh, the other side, we don't read off them, so we don't know. But one thing we talked about was common grace on these other little ships, that when Jesus uh, was asleep with his head on a pillow or, or what was a makeshift pillow for him, that his disciples were fearful for the wind and the waves came, and they were filling the boat, and as they filled the boat, the boat looked as though it was going to sink, and because it looked like it would sink, of course, fear came, and the Lord had already remember spoken his word, and his word was, "Let us pass over onto the other side. the word had went forth, and god 's word will not return unto him void. so when christ said we 're going over it means we 're going over when he says we 're passing through it means we 're passing through." And it doesn't, uh, we cannot count on the, the depth of the sea, nor the height of the waves, nor the strength of the wind, nor the blusteriness of the storm that you find yourself in. You have to take the word of God and say, Lord, you have said it, and uh, you mean what you say, and you say what you mean. And because you've said it, that settles it. I believe it, let's now walk in it and trust it. And it's hard sometimes because being human or our faith is sorely tried. And sometimes fear, which is the opposite of your faith, overtakes because you're a human. But it's whenever we get to grips with Christ may seem he's asleep in your life at some times. And he may seem uh, that he ha- has his head on a pillow at times. But really, he- he's saying, do you have already told you? And if you haven't heard from God for a while, as in what I mean is that uh, uh, rima is the rima is the quickened word to your heart. The word that really speaks deep into you and he has told you, this is what I think of you, I love you with an everlasting love, and it's really spoken to you, and it's really hit you hard, then you can't move away from that and say, well, he hasn't spoken to me in in a week or a month or a year even in such a fashion that really hits my heart because he hasn't said it now, I have to uh, fear and I have to look. You know, once God says it and speaks to your heart that he loves you, then it means he loves you and it's never retracted from you. And it doesn't matter if you never hear it again. If he says, I've loved you with an everlasting love, therefore with loving kindness have I drawn thee, then you and I read that sometimes and it really speaks to our hearts, then we must just really trust in that. And it doesn't matter if you hear nothing else the rest of your life. You have to say, Lord, you've said it. It will not return unto your void. And you've said it and you've meant it, so I will believe it and receive it and accept it. In spite of the storm that's around. And he may seem like he's sleeping in the boat, but his word is there. His word is spoken into you. His word is spoken over you. His word is forever settled in heaven. That's the, the importance of this word of God. And as I've said to you a couple of times now recently in the recent past, you know, most, a lot of people don't know how to worship God because they don't really know him. Worship isn't about our feelings. It's not about our feelings, it's about our offerings. It's about our offerings to Him, and they don't know Him because they, they don't experience Him enough in the reading of His Word, catching His Word, living His Word, chewing like a chewing the cod, chewing over His Word. And maybe people aren't great readers. So listen, get it online get it on a tape, get it on a CD, wherever your mode is of of good, solid Bible teaching and preaching and listen to it and listen to it and listen to the word and that word will speak to you if you're not a great reader. But open his word every day and even, you know, last night was when we were down with the Port Rush and Port Stuart with too many buses of the youth from the village here all day and I think when you get over 45, you shouldn't be doing that because I'm exhausted today. <laughs> I used to do that and I'll think anything about it. I'm wrecked. And they were down in the sea and they were making me cold looking at them running into the water. And I got my face burnt. We got back and we had to brush the sand out of the buses. And the, my car was not ported Down. To, and I drove over to Porter Down. And by the time I got back, it was pretty late last night. And I sort of shuffled my way in. But on the way over, I was given a few CDs by some in the church. I listened to all sorts of preachers just to see what they're saying, and and I didn't even know what it was. I have piles of CDs in my car, right up the two panels of the car, of them in this middle bit of, of, of preachers. I don't really listen to music, as I told you before. It's just all different preachers, and I put one in, and says, "Well, here's a pot shot, and I'll see who it is." Didn't know who it was, and I just stuck it in, and it was Ian Paisley, <laughs> and he's preaching on. Despise not the day of small things. And I listened to him on the way over. And I'll be honest, it was great. And you know, he started saying about talking about how they started in the day of small things. And how they were opposed. And how some of them came to church with spit and run down their back. From opposing Protestants. And he's talking about the hard times and the stormy times but he says, listen, there were small times but when God breathed, God breathed. When God moved, God moved. Brothers and sisters, as I was driving over last night I was thinking about these things and other things that have been on my mind. I'm saying, Lord, what's next? What's next? I haven't heard a further instruction from you in a wee while. What's next? It just came to me, son, don't you despise, no matter how small things you, how, matter, how, matter, how much you think small things are, are, are unimportant. Striving over. Don't you despise them. Because in them I'm glorified. In them I am glorified. In your weakness he is strong. When you're at your weakness he receives the glory. When we're at our full strength of body and mind when we're at our full strength of, of our own uh, very will and nature we tend to forget him and become, we can become puffed up and prideful Sometimes the Lord allows a storm and seems like he's sleeping to let us know just how much we really need him. This church, and many in it have come through storms all your lives, but recently all of us, And some have come through massive storms and you've felt, Lord, have you been sleeping? Master, curse thy not do you not care Lord the last word of the Lord was let us pass over no matter what happens brother sister child of God listen let us pass over no matter what happens let us pass over no matter the coldness of the water the depths of the sea the strength of the wind. Let us pass over, no matter how much your boat seems filled with the water of it, and you feel you're going under, and Jesus, you're asleep on a pillow, and I don't know where you are, Lord, but you need to step in here. Will you please wake up? Listen, because Jesus was sleeping, do you think God was sleeping? He was a man. He was showing his humanity. He was entering into your sufferings. That's what he was doing. He's the eternal God. God is always awake. God is always there. He's always awake. He's omniscient. He knows all things. He's omnipotent. He's all-powerful. And he's omnipresent. He's everywhere at once. One old Puritan once says, uh, God's, uh, as the eternal spirit, he says, God's circumference is nowhere. He hasn't got one. But his center is everywhere. His center of power is in this place. His center of power is residing in you through the Holy Spirit. His center of power is up in the heavens. Think about this. God doesn't get weak, and God doesn't get weary. And you and I may hold our hands out with weights upon them, and after a while, our arms must drop because the extremities, uh, we are weaker with the leverage of that weight. But God has no weak extremity. God is as powerful this morning as he was when he spoke the words into being when he says, let there be light, and there was light, it's still the same word. He's still the same God. He is the one true living God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And he is the same today as he was, even in eternity before anything ever existed. He hasn't changed for you. He hasn't changed one iota. Your mind has changed. Your feelings have changed. Your heart has changed. Your family has changed. to send Alison this morning about things that are changing and yesterday the, the children were all in having fun and I sat outside the door of the Barry's amusement so none of them would come out and run up the town or whatever and I thought I'll do sanctuary outside the door so getting bored I'm looking at my phone I've got one of these newly fangled phones and I don't know really how to work it and I'm sort of footing around it and I didn't get working it and I thought you know what and it's just in my mind I'll phone one of the family. and I realized they weren't there anymore. Because that's what I would have done. Everything changes. Jesus said, you pass over no matter what. Let us pass over, not go under. Let us pass over, not go under. Look, say and say loud with me. I will pass over. And not, go under and not go under. Let's say it again. I will pass over and not go under. And I said like you mean it. I will pass over and not go under. Why? Because Jesus said it. Brothers and sisters, let the word of Christ dwell richly in our breasts. Common grace was upon these other little ships that was with Christ. I can't go into it, but we showed you the righteous and the unrighteous and how we're righteous in him. And they sailed out following him, whether it was to get more food, whether it was just to hear these enticing stories, uh, or to hear this orative preacher that they heard, or whether it was just because they were interested in following him. But when, remember, remember, when the rubber hits the road, many leave him and walk away from him, saying, this isn't hard saying, who can hear it? And when things get hard, there's people want to walk away. And whether people walk away in their hard times and their struggling times or not, it doesn't change the destiny of eternity and it doesn't change what has already happened. We just have to accept what has happened and leave it with God and move on in that. Say, Lord, I don't, I don't understand how or why and I, I, there's many things I can't explain even out of the scriptures. There's, there's many theologies that are just pickling my brain and, and they're, 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 they're just confusing me. Listen, leave it with God and move on with him. Leave it with God and move on with Him. We find as Christians, look, I, I, I'm as theological as the next person. I believe in being theological and doctrinal to be able to know God, but not, to, uh, but, but not to, to take it to confuse ourselves to the point where we don't know if Christ is awake or sleeping, where He's healing or He's not, or whether He's saving or He's not. We must leave it with Him and go do as He says preach the gospel unto every creature. We must go and do as he says and lay hands in the sick. We must go do as he says. But he seems like he's sleeping when I'm praying. He seems like he's sleeping when I'm preaching. Some of you are sleeping when I'm preaching. <laughs> I don't get offended at that, by the way. look at this. They went out in common grace. Let me take you a little I, I wrote down from if I mentioned the name John Bunyan first thing that comes to mind is what? Pilgrim's Progress Margaret. John Bunyan wrote many many other things. Pilgrim's Progress is a classic. In the works of John Bunyan he wrote a topic called The Light for Them That Sit in Darkness. Light for them that sit in darkness. And he speaks on God's common grace and then a different grace, special grace, saving grace. And his love as well. Notice this. I want to, this is all from him. Mercy and love are seen in that God gives us rain and fruitful seasons and in that he fills our hearts with food and gladness from that bounty which he bestows upon us as men and his creatures. Another cause of eternal reprobation is the act and working of distinguishing love. Take note of that. Distinguishing love. Everlasting grace. God has universal love and particular love, general love and distinguishing love. So accordingly, God's degree, purpose, and determine from general love the extension of general grace and mercy. But from that love is distinguishing particular grace and mercy. Was not Esau Jacob's brother? Yet, I love Jacob, says, says the Lord, that is with a better love, or a love that is more distinguished as he further makes appear in his answer to our father Abraham, when he prayed to God for Ishmael. As for Ishmael, says he, I have heard thee. Behold, I have blessed him. I will also make him fruitful. But my covenant will I establish with Isaac, whom Sarah shall bear unto thee. Here, John Bunyan is looking at this and saying there's a common grace like the fruitful seasons, uh, like the, the weather that we receive, and it's upon all of God's creation, common grace or general grace. But there's a distinguishing love and a distinguishing grace when God reaches a man and a woman and saves them and keeps them. He gives the example of he says, our father Abraham praying for Ishmael. Remember he, he thought he'd give a, the Lord a hand with a covenant promise, and he and he and he, he goes in onto Hagar. Hagar was an Egyptian, and and that's where you get the Arabs from today. Shows you that what you do here can have a repercussion sometimes in your life further down the road, doesn't it? And the Lord says, "I will bless Ishmael because he's part of your seed, Abraham." But my covenant isn't with him. I told you, it's with Isaac. And Isaac shall I see be called. And I'll come from Sarah. So God has a particular love and a particular grace. And I think I'm, I'm talking to a room full of believers this morning. And God's particular love and particular grace, Christian, is upon you. Why would God choose someone like me? I don't know. Why would he ever love someone like me? God doesn't look at you and never looked at you to see who you were. He knew what you were. But he seen whom you would be in the Lord Jesus Christ. And you were given to him before the foundation of the world. Christian, you are under common grace or special, you're under common grace which is from sovereign grace. But you're also under saving grace, electing grace, under distinguishing love. You are not in another little ship. Here's something else quickly to look at this morning for you. And I'm watching the time because I don't want to labor too long at this. I could do weeks on this. I want you to take note that these little ships, they sailed... Without even having a promise in their life, they sailed without even having a promise of the Word of God. And you're a child of God, you have a book full of promises for you. You're in God's elective love and His saving grace, you have a book full of promises for you. You have a book of words. A book of words that will carry you from this life into the next. No matter the depth of the sea and the cold the water is, no matter how much you think you're going under, you're not going under, you are passing over. This world, this system of things cannot hold you, will not contain you, because the Lord God, who is the great eternal spirit, he resides, he abides, and he dwells in you, and he is greater than all of this world's economy. And all the evils of it. And many waters cannot quench love. And these waters that were coming into the ship, even though Jesus seemingly seemed to have his head in the pillow asleep, did not quench the love of God for them. And because you feel like that, or because you think like that, it does not, it has not nullified nor quenched the love of God for you. God's love has never changed for his elect. He loved you in eternity, and he will love you through your eternity. These little ships, when the master gets into the boat and says, the wind, peace be still, and the wind is muzzled and stilled, and storm abates after they had waken, awoken him. These little ships also received a deliverance. We don't read of them sinking. Or I'm sure the Spirit, Holy Spirit, would have said, "And these little ships sank, and they didn't. They must have. They must have went through in a deliverance in the storm." I was in Scotland preaching last year. Whenever they were going to do the, uh, the they'd done the voting for the, are they were looking to do the voting for the, the, the independence? In fact, it was just at the end of last year. And I preached in a conference on a Saturday afternoon, and after I'd mentioned the, the, the breakup of the United Kingdom and how it was a godless venture, and when I came, when I'd finished, the other were having a, a some refreshments after it. This Scottish man from an Aberdeen group came to me. They bring a group down to it as well. And he came to me and he says, Ad said, Hi, the Lord had brought salvation to Scotland. And he says to me, Ken, you know we always enjoy you here, but there's something I want to let you know. It wasn't salvation, it was deliverance. I thought, What do you mean? He says, They're not finished. They'll be back again. Which we know is true. At the end I thought, Well, that's it, it's over. And here's what I have written here deliverance is not salvation. Many deliverances is not salvation. Salvation is full and complete deliverance from all. Many battles do not make a war or win a war, I should say. If you fight many battles, just this week, they were celebrating the the anniversary of the Battle of Waterloo, and how decisive a battle it was. And this battle was the one who, uh, was the the battle that decided for the whole of Europe. And this again was of course a a venture of of a revived Roman Empire that we read about in scripture. Trying to revive the Roman Empire again. uh, With a a, a despotic, uh, Napoleonic leader. And, And after this, things really changed in Europe. And it was a the celebrations were this week. Well, you see, that battle was decisive, but there were many, many battles before that. And those battles before that did not finish the war or make a decisive battle to finish the war. It was when Waterloo came. That's what made the decision and the decisive battle. The war was over at that time. And you and I, through our lives we look at people outside in other little ships and they're not in Christ. They're not in a boat where Jesus is, in other words. And we look outside and they seem to be getting delivered uh, from all sorts of things and they're prospering in their ways and they're doing all manner of things to help them. And, they, and they're sort of, you're looking and saying, but Lord, look at my life and look at my family or look at my troubles and look at my health. And this one, they go out clubbing and they're, they're on alcohol or drugs are doing this, that and the other thing and there's, they're smoking like a trooper and the, the, you know, the, they're doing all of these things and my loved one who never smoked in his life and maybe has taken a lung cancer and all of these things are happening yet godly, good godly Christians seem to be catching hold of these things and, and saying well Lord maybe you don't love us or maybe we're doing something wrong or why are you not uh, wreaking, reaping vengeance on these people. Brothers and sisters We need to get away from that mindset. We need to get away from that mindset and say, Lord, I'm glad those people are doing well. I'm glad those people are still alive. I'm glad, Lord, that they're still here because they don't know you. Because they're not saved. And the bigger picture is eternity and the kingdom of God. The bigger picture is there's still time to win them. Psalm 73, just a couple of verses, I want to read it. And hopefully this will mark something for those Christians because some have said to me in recent years about things like this. But Why? Why? And there are mysteries we'll never know. But notice this. Psalm 73 verse 13. And this is what it says. Verily I have cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocency. For all the day long have I been plagued and chastened every morning. If I say I will speak thus, behold, I should offend against the generation of thy children. When I thought to know this, it was too painful for me. Until, until I went into the sanctuary of God, then understood I their end. Surely thou didst set them in slippery places thy cur that he castes them down into destruction. Brothers and sisters, we need to get out of the mindset that this is the life that we have to do our best in and strive for. There's a kingdom of God. There's a heaven to gain. There's a hell to shun. And listen, there's authority, there's place, there's position in the kingdom. Invest your all in that. If it means you're being dirt poor in this life, invest your all in that one. Now that's faith. That's faith. Because we want the best now. We want the richest now. We want the grandest now. We want to hold it now. The biggest bank accounts, we want it now. The nicest houses, the fastest cars. And there's nothing wrong with having nice things but invest it in the kingdom. Everything. And it takes faith because you can't see it. But you're believing God and you're saying, Lord, I believe you. That you have a bigger plan. Let me finish with a couple of bits and pieces that I want to say. They sailed without a word. They didn't hear the Lord saying because he was with his disciples. Multitudes were sent away and maybe these had boats and sailed that we don't know. But it seems like they didn't sail without a word because there's no sign of them after this. They sailed, they were in the same storm, they were in other little ships, in the same storm at the same time on the same sea, and the same calm came. There's a great storm, Jesus spoke, there was a great calm. See, no matter the height of your storm, Jesus can bring a great calm. But here's the thought that came to me. I wondered, did they even realize who calmed the storm? I wonder, did they ever realize who calmed the storm? Brothers and sisters, I'm going to finish with this little bit I'm going to talk to you about, because I'm just going to change that. I'll finish there. There are people there, and God is blessing them common grace and helping them out, and things are being done for them, even in God's own merciful, gracious heart. They don't even realize that God has calmed the storm. You see, when God is sovereign, it means he's over all things. That's all things. And you and I know when God calms a storm because when we go through it, we realize it, we see it, we acknowledge it, we pray, he does it. Does it maybe in different ways than we think. I was talking to Ian yesterday when we were away with the, the youth. I had a good chat with him down at the beach. And they're all splashing away there and Don't even know how it'd come up, and I says, you know, in our past life, I says, when you think of what God kept you you safe from, you didn't even realise it was Him. You didn't even realise it was Him. You see, Ephesians 1 and 4 says, according as He hath chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. He knew us before we were born. John 17 and 12 says, Those that thou gavest me, Jesus says, have I kept, and none of them is lost. The ones you gave me, Father, I've kept them. They're not lost. I have them. They're tight in my grip. And I said to Ian, and I'll I'll run one or two things here just as I close this. And I said, you know, when I think of what we did, not us together, but what I did, I'll talk about me. I think of the scrapes and I cast my mind back to the times that God had his hand on me in my life and um, not even knowing that he was there not even conscious of him dead a my trespasses and my sins not worried or concerned about anything living for myself and since God saved me and has awakened me and opened my eyes to these glorious things of his kingdom I just want to live for him and for his kingdom so grateful that Christ has died for me and forgiven me by the shedding of his blood. So grateful that, that, that he, I'm born again of the Spirit. Started talking about some of them. I started thinking about them. And last night, i in bed. I was thinking about them. And I thought about them again this morning. So let me give you one or two of them briefly. i not go into them in great detail. When I was in my, my 20s, and I took ill one time, and I'll not go into the details, but this doctor noticed that I had bendy fingers. And he says to me, do you realize that's called finger clubbing? I says, I've never heard of that. I thought it was for me biting them. Just bent them. I did. He says, that's, you've had a bad chest. Go and get that checked out. And I realized that I was on chemotherapy when I was a baby. A or, or wee boy when you get your six needle injections in school. And I realized that I was going back and forth. I remember going back and forth. I, I still don't have the BCG, as you call it, the, the needle you get for it. I said, I've never had one. Because they thought I had cancer in my lung. They gave me chemotherapy. I remember my mom and dad driving me up and down. They never showed anything. They never told me anything. And I have a scar in my lung. But it turned out that I had tuberculosis when I was a baby. And nobody even knew about it. And they said the miraculous thing was it was healed itself, they called it. Brothers and sisters, sickness doesn't heal itself. God heals everything. And I had to keep going back and forward. And I didn't realize that I even had chemotherapy. I remember injections. So I was thinking about that. And I says, Lord, you knew me from before the foundation of the world. And you knew the rascal I was going to turn out to be. And you knew the depths that I was going to get into. Yet You even put up with me and, and, and took this away from me when I was a wee one. I thought about it and I fell into a barrel of water upside down whenever it was about four or five I sneaked out of the house into a workman's yard and I was two feet up like this in a full barrel of water and only for a workman walking around seeing the two feet out, I'd have been drowned and he lifted me out like this brought me home I says Lord you had a man walk around there you had a man walk around to lift me out of that water because I wouldn't have been here and then when I was going through Tully Moore Forest and I didn't know how to swim and I thought it would be smart and jump from rock to rock and I didn't care where I fell in or not and I did. And I went right to the very bottom of the big pools and you can still see it today and I heard my cousin shouting and my uncle was out with him and, and he runs and jumps in but I'd blanked out. I'd hit the bottom and I'd drowned, I was out. And he reviving me, pumped me. He was a fireman bringing me round. I says, Lord, you had your hand on me there. When I got older, and I was working as a taxi driver for a, for a period of time and I was a bit of a rascal doing all sorts of moves. And I remember one Sunday I was working and I got a call to, a, a, well, a, a bad area. And these guys get into the car and they ended up, they brought me down the docks and told me they were IRN and they were going to kill me. Do you know what saved me? The night before I picked up at the same place and I picked up the owner of the bar they drank in and I remembered their names they asked for at the pub. And I told them they were my friends. What if God hadn't no, What if I, I believe it's all of God. And he was saying, son, here's it here. There's the remembrance here. These men are coming to get you, but here's it. Now let me go. They brought me right up. And there was guys all kitted out in the estate. And they went like this. And they all ran back into the estate again. My God was worked for the are, And I thought the same name Maybe we thought it was him. I don't know. I was brought into the back of a bar. One door in and one door out, and six loyalist paramilitaries at it, and they told me the way to get guns to shoot me for something I didn't do. It was my mate, and I wouldn't tell on him. And this man walks in when they were interrogating me, and I'd told them where I was, and I was in another town, wasn't in Belfast. They wouldn't believe me, and it sent the way to get the gear, as they called it. And this man walked in and says, "What's he doing here?" And he says he was here on Saturday night and done X, Y, Z and he says he called him because i seen him, he's out in New York. just there them before they were going to do that God had his hand on you brother see when you were in clubs or pubs or in your way doing this, that or the other when you just didn't even want to know God had his hand on you and this is what he says come here you're under common grace. Here's my saving grace. Grace to keep you. Now that's Passover. You're going to the other side, child. If that doesn't rejoice your heart, or as a pastor friend of mine, Charles Jennings, who'll be here in a few weeks, by the way, if, if, he, do, if that, he would say, if that doesn't set you, set you in fire, your wood's wet. To know that he, throughout your life, throughout mine, I could tell you a hundred more of those. I could tell you whenever I went in and somebody spiked a drink and a party and they took me and I passed out. And the next thing I remember, I woke up in a bush under a hedge. They thought I was dead and they rolled me away under down this hill, under a hedge. Couldn't be there because of the place I was in. I can't have him and the police, I'm hearing him, him lying here dead. Took me and I rolled me out. Thought I was dead. Do you know what woke me up? A father guard came and started curtain and I heard him. And I got up out of the bush and, it's and I was squealing around. That's what woke me up. Didn't know where I was. Didn't know what it was doing. Oh, the devil came to seek and to kill and to destroy. But Jesus says, "Can <laughs> no, no, son. I have come that you might have life, that you might have it more abundantly. That's the part of the gospel. You're not going over, or you're going over, you're not going under. You're going on. Brothers and sisters, these little ships went without the promise, sailing only in common grace. You have saving grace in your life, electing love, the word of God, The promises of God. You're not going under, you're passing over. And He will bring you through to the other side for His name's sake, not for ours, for His. Amen. God bless us this morning.